Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, caro sportingistas, welcome to the very first Sporting 160 EN podcast, or Sporting 160 EN podcast. Uh, let's just get it right off the uh, right off uh, off everybody's minds. Uh, this is this is a, a new merge with uh, Sporting 160 from from Portugal. Uh, same team though, as always, me, Steph, Sam, and Bruno and Bruno Brip. Uh, we're going to be doing basically what we were doing in the past, talking everything sporting, bringing you up to date with all the the news, the transfers, everything that's going through the club, just in English. And uh, I just want to, we all just want to send a special thank you to João Pedro Izé uh, for for allowing us to to merge with them, for allowing us to be part of their team as well, the Sporting Centro Sessenta squad. And uh, and we're looking forward to uh, everything that this brings on the future. Uh, now. Let me bring you guys the panel for today. Uh, it is I, Daniel Saldana. Steph, we got Steph. Steph, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I just finished my uh, workout, so I'm nice and sweaty. But uh, I'm taking a little break so I can do uh, what I love the most, which is uh, speak about the Sporting Club Portugal. Exactly. Me too, man. And we also got Bruno on, on the panel as well. Bruno, how are you doing, bro? I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this uh, this new adventure, I guess you can call it, that uh, we're going to have, you know, with the fusion with the Sporting Center, Sesenta. Uh, so I'm just I'm just excited. I'm I'm ready to get it underway, and uh, let's get it. And I'm doing fine. Perfect. Uh, and I think we speak for Bruno and Sam as well. Another uh, Bruno, Bruno Brich, uh, Leon Eterno. Uh, they're also excited for this. We're all just, you know, excited, and uh, you know. As, as, as Steph said, we all love Sporting, and that's why we really do this. Anyways, let's start off with the game yesterday against Mureirense. I have the 11 right here. We'll go through the 11. We'll, uh, we'll talk about the game, and then maybe we'll give our, off who our man of the match was and all of that good stuff. So, to start off, uh, we had Rui Patricio in net. We had Marcos Jacuinha, André Pinto, Sebastian Coates, and Rodrigo Bataglia on defense. We had Brian Ruiz. Uh, Petrovic, Bruno Fernandes, and Jelson Martins in the midfield. And then we had Dumbia and Monteiro up front. Uh, so, Steph, give me your thoughts on this game. Uh, what did you think of it and all that took place? Well, uh, obviously, um, without Bas Dost, uh, we're kind of uh, predictable. Um, the first half, we created some amazing uh, goal opportunities. And uh, we didn't cash in. And then, of course, uh, like we say in, uh, in Portuguese, came to Marcasov, and that was, uh, that was the case with us. Um, then uh, we should have been up at least by 2 nothing at, uh, at halftime, but we were not. So on the second half, we came blazing again. Um, we had the best uh, chances of, uh, of uh, goal opportunity, but again, we didn't uh, capitalize it. And then um, it, it kept the team under pressure uh, up to the point that uh, Mude Dance was, uh, was more than capable in the counterattack of scaring us, uh, all the 38,000 fans at the stadium. Uh, off a corner kick, I remember that uh, uh, Rui Patricio pulled off that amazing save, which uh, it became, uh, it became a, a, a little video on Twitter, a popular one. Um, and then... Um, Towards the end, with the Questor Linha da Sorte, we scored again on overtime. 
by Gelson Martins. Uh, a great, great play by Rafael Leão. He basically won the ball at, uh, in the sporting midfield still, in our midfield. And uh, he, ran, he ran like, I would say, like 20 meters before he passed the ball, uh, assisted Gelson uh, Martins. And then from a deflection, uh, we got lucky. Uh, we scored. But in the overall picture, the overall, the overall game, we deserved to win. We had the, the best chances. Mouridens also had a, uh, a couple chances. Uh, but Patricio saved it. Um, but we we can rely on, on luck all the time. And uh, we're going to run out of it one of these days. Um, it's been too many games winning at the end. So we have to take... Um, advantage of our opportunities that we create and they a lot it was a lot of them it was a total of five or six so we could have won easily by four one uh against what it is but now we, we we won barely towards the end again and it shows how much we depend on bas dost which is not a good thing in my in my way of seeing things that's not a good thing uh we need to find a another reliable striker uh, Montero is not up to speed yet. I've said it a few times, but you know, he, he hadn't played since the third of November. He's playing. He's been playing now, but to play at a high level uh, of uh, you know Portuguese league is a pretty good league. It takes time. And uh, Dumbia, uh, I mean, uh, he's been given a lot of chances, but so far he hasn't delivered. So I don't know what to say anymore about him. Um, I don't think he's a good fit for Sporting. Um, at the beginning, I was skeptical. I was excited. But you can miss so many chances of goal. You have to score when the, when the uh, opportunities come to you. And in a nutshell, that's, uh, I'm happy we won. But my goodness, uh, if, you saw, if, you, if you suffer from your heart, it's going to be a long season for you. Um, besides that, that's all. So uh, I'll pass it on to Bruno. Yeah, so um, I got home after work, so I was only able to catch the uh, second half. Um, and we were looking good. You know, I thought we, you know, we started to build up more, I guess, um, up until we got, you know, that imaginary second yellow card on Petrovic, which I thought was a horrendous, horrendous call. Um, he clearly, clearly didn't touch the player. Um, I don't know what the refs saw, because I know the angles can be kind of tricky on those plays, but... Um, I mean, why wasn't VAR used on something like that? I, I don't know. Um, and that's, that's to make that type of decision, you know, in a pivotal game. Um, I, I, it's one of those things where it's, again, you know, we're questioning the refs, you know, we're questioning this, we're questioning that. Um, and it's annoying. It's gotten to the point now where this happens week in and week out and the league needs to do something about it. Uh, but anywho, going back into the game, um, I thought Jelson looked terrific. He looked probably the most uh, live out of all of our players, uh, creating chances. Um, I loved when the uh, Rafael Leon came on, um, but I think he's more suitable um, to play in the middle of the pitch than he is out on the wing. I know JJ likes to use him on the wing, but I think he's better better in the middle, maybe playing behind the striker. Um, and I mean, you could see that on that build up. Uh, to the goal. Um, absolutely beautiful, beautiful move. I mean, you can see uh, this kid's a young player, but he plays he plays with a lot of confidence. And, you know, that's very rare sometimes to see in a young player. But 
I think this kid's got potential to be one of our next um, upcoming players for sure. Um, I just hope we hang on to him because I know uh, Man City have already uh, gained interest from him. But uh, the game, you know, going down to man, it's it's hard. It's hard. And we saw that, you know, it was harder to build up. You know, we started kicking up the ball more, you know, kind of playing indirect. Um, Jelson, I think he had this one opportunity where he was on a breakaway. Um, and if, if he would have just passed it, you know, a couple of seconds earlier, I don't know. I don't know. I think it was Dumbia who was pretty much all alone, but the pass ended up a little bit behind. Um, but credit to Jelson. Uh, he came back, scored. Yeah, it was a little lucky, but... I mean, I think I think we definitely deserve the win. We created uh, the most chances. Um, but that being said, like Steph said, we can't, you know, just rely on one player. And, and that is Bastos. Every time he's out of the lineup, you know, we seem to to struggle a little bit in front of goal. And I think that's something that, you know, they need to work on. Something needs to change um, because we can't just depend on on one player. You know what I mean? It's 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 got to take, you know, all 11 of them. So those were my thoughts. I mean, I'm happy with the win. Um, and now upcoming for the uh, a big, big, I think it's going to be pretty much the title decider on Friday. Yeah, 100%. And uh, we're going to get into that uh, not too long from now. Uh, quickly, I'll just give in my two cents about the game. I think Spartan in the first half, um, I think throughout the whole entire game, we obviously, no- you noticed how bad we were missing our our key players. Uh, it was probably one of the worst uh, performances I've seen this season, at least. Uh, but even with that being said, we deserved or uh, we could have very well have been 2 3 nothing up in the first half uh, alone. Uh, excuse me. Um, you know, with opportunities from uh, um, one was from uh, Brian Ruiz, which I guess he thought he was offside, uh, but he was really on, in line and kind of panic and scuffed his shot just straight to, to uh, Jonathan, uh, Morena's goalkeeper. Uh, another opportunity coming from um, from Bruno Fernandes, where I think it was Jelson, if I'm not mistaken, sort of isolates him on the left side um, of the pitch, and he sort of skies it over. And then the very just before the, the second half, or the first half concluded, um, you know, a perfect uh, ball in, and uh, to either Pinto or Monteiro, and Pinto who is really good in the air, just, you know, as he dives in for the ball, just kind of scuffs it and it goes the other way. Um, but uh, we, we showed enough enough signs, enough promise that, you know, we were going towards goal, that we were creating chances and that we were, you know, even though we were playing poor or we weren't playing at our best, uh, we were playing good enough to uh, win this game. And uh, one thing also has to be said, you know, we were missing so many of our key players due to injury or due to flu-like symptoms. Uh, Dumbia yesterday, Jardim revealed that he was playing with uh, 38 or 39 degrees, uh, you know, of, of like he was in a fever. Uh, William couldn't play because of that. Pacinian was uh, had muscle fatigue. Ristovsky had had uh, a fever. Quintron had a fever. So, I mean, credit to the boys. I understand, you know, some of them, especially Petrovic, um, uh, having you know sort of their first few minutes of the year, at least maybe even of the season. Um, they they did they did well they did enough to i think go away with the lead or to go away with the win at least even if it came at the end um bruno you mentioned the petrovic uh incident perfectly i think that's a it's a joke that that got a second yellow um you know as you guys mentioned as well jelson was was incredible we have to mention you know 
he did he did he let the, his emotions get the better of him um with him taking off his shirt i understand that that's you know that's his boy that's you know his best friend like a brother to him but um in moments like this you have to you have to remember you have to realize you know the the, the circumstances and and all of that and of course we're disappointed of course we forgive him for it he, he's the reason why we're going to the dragon with something to play for uh still um but uh you know it, it it's the only it's the only little disappointing thing that that uh i can say about Justin yesterday because aside from that he was he was incredible um but there's nothing more that i think i can say the only thing also is uh, i've seen a lot of people complaining about montero i don't think he did too bad i think yesterday he provided a lot more than than he did on um on an attacking sense at least than he did like he he wasn't close to scoring but he with him on the field it looked like we were at least close to scoring than when he left um so you know i think slowly but surely he's getting back that sort of rhythm and maybe he's he's adapting to that second striker position uh pretty well and uh yeah that's all really i have to say about the Mureirins game um steph i'm going to ask you what did you think who do you think our man of the match was um and uh, and what do you rate George's tactics out of ten and the team performance out of ten? Okay, so uh, to me, the the man of the match is still going to be Justin Martins, even though he got the second yellow card. And I truly believe in my heart that um, he, he did forget about the first first yellow card because if you pay attention to details, uh, Bruno Fernandes approached him at the end and he said, "You don't remember." The, the first yellow card when when you uh, kind of replaced Acuna on the on the left wing because that was his first yellow card uh, before the uh, Muradin's player uh, got into the box he fouled him and that was a good foul so so you could see that that's when he breaks down he breaks down in tears and uh, and then that's when it hit him oh shit I got a yellow card because I took off my t-shirt. And uh, I truly believe he forgot the first yellow card. So to be harsh on him, I think it's a it's a bit too much. Uh, so to all Sportingistas, we have to be understanding. Jelson uh, Martinez is still a kid, and um, Ruben Smith and uh, and uh, his relationship with Ruben Smith is very special. He's like a brother. So hey, shit happens. Let's move on. We love the kid. So there it is. And like Danny said, he gave us a chance to compete against Porto, uh, no Dragão, on Friday. Uh, the VAR play that we didn't talk about, and it just came up to my mind. That was a great call by Tiago Martins, actually Carlos Schistra, because he was the one in charge of the VAR. So um, <clears throat> he double-checked it, Tiago Martins, and he did uh, use uh, his, uh, his uh, left uh, right arm to, uh, to place the ball to his liking and then to score the goal that was cancelled. Great call by the VAR, and I'm uh, very happy that uh, they didn't mess it up, that call. So, uh, besides that, uh, a team that creates so many opportunities, like Sporting, when you don't create them, what happens? The pressure gets to you. The pressure gets to the players. So, And that's what happened yesterday. And then we finally won. That's good. Um, the best player for me, like I said, it was still Justin Martinez. The tactics is 1 to 10. I'm going to give it uh, an 8. And I'm being generous because I'm, I'm, I'm being considerate. We had seven players, four players with the flu and three injured players. Podence, he broke his left foot. 
he uh, he's done the surgery, so he'll be back now. It should be nine weeks because this was three weeks ago. Uh, Bashdost is uh, his right hamstring. Uh, he should be back on time for the uh, game against Porto, and we had Piccini also is right time. So that's that's a lot of players, especially six of them, and Pelinha with the flu as well. Um, uh, that's a lot of players. And five Cointrão. Yeah, it was seven total. So uh, seven, four out of seven actually play from the get-go for Sporting. So that's a lot of changes. And when you see a team with so many changes to be gelling right away, it, it ain't like people think it is. Uh, sometimes us fans, we, we expect things to be automatic, uh, but the, the process of, of uh, the left wing or the right wing or the midfield, when it's all new players, it's not the same as the same 11 players all the time. If you make one change, you, you won't see much of a difference. But when you see so many changes, like, like on this game against Mureirens, it, it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, players, you know, they know each other. But when they don't play each other, you know, for the full 90 minutes, week after week after week, or in this case, we have two games every week, every three days we have a game, it makes it more difficult. Uh, so, yeah, so for Jorge's tactic, uh, 8 out of 10, and the best player for me was Jason Martins, and I don't have a worse player. All right, sounds good. Uh, Bruno, same thing to you. Who was our man of the match in your eyes? Well, what do you give out of 10, Jarzuz tactics and Jarzuz as a whole? And out of 10, what do you give the uh, team performance? Yeah, so um, obviously man of the match has to be Jelson. Um, he just looked the most lively out of everybody, you know, offensively, and he was tracking back defensively as well. Um, like Steph mentioned, that first yellow card he picked up, um, smart foul because the, the player had gotten away and Acuna didn't track back as well, you know, as he does. Uh, so Jelson, definitely my man of the match. Uh, JJ, I would rate him an eight, man. And I know I've been very, very critical of JJ, uh, throughout the season. I'm, I'm not his, I'm not the biggest fan of him. Um, and I know he, you know, I know we had to do rotations and, I was hoping this was the game that we were finally going to see Wendell, you know, maybe get a few minutes, maybe even start. Uh, but he started Petrovic instead. Um, I, I just think Wendell could have offered more. I know everyone, you know, keeps saying and the media reports out there saying he still needs to get accoladed to the tactics and this and that. But I mean, come on, man. I, it's been like what, since January now, since he's gotten here, I'm, I'm pretty sure it doesn't take that long. Um, to know the tactics and, and to get into the team. I think this guy is going to be a cracking player. And I was just hoping we were going to see him, but we didn't. Um, but with that being said, I mean, going down 10 men, it, it's always going to be tough. And we clearly, we saw that. Um, Andre Pinto, by the way, um, very solid defender, man. Um, and I don't think he gets a lot of credit, you know, the, the amount of credit that he should. Um, he's a player that, you know, he just comes in and he knows his role. He doesn't try to do anything special. Um, he's just there. He's just very, very solid, and and I'm very, very happy that we picked him up. I mean, obviously he knows he's not going to start ahead of of Mateo and Kawats, but he's definitely a player. If we need rotation, um, I have complete confidence in him. Um, so JJ gets an eight. What was the last question, Danny? I'm sorry. Uh, the team's performance out of ten. What would you give that? Out of ten. Yeah. So. 
Um, I'd give it an eight just because we need to we need to start burying these chances. You know, um, you're only going to get so many chances in a game, and sometimes when you don't make it, you know, no uh, soft no Um So that that's something we need to get better with. Uh, Bastos not being there, you know, as usual, it it costs us to score. Uh, and that's just something that Sparty needs to get better at because he's not always going to be available for us. So I'd give us an eight. And again, we were a man down, so it's always going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll just give him my two cents real quick as well. I I agree with all of you, with uh, both of you. Justin Martinez is definitely man of the match. Um, uh, I want to give a special a special mention to uh, Rodrigo Bataglia, though, who. Mm. Is more of a midfield player, but I think he did well in the right back spot. I know he played there. I can't remember what game it was early in the season because Pacini got injured and Visto wasn't on the bench yet. Uh, so I know he played there once and I was impressed with him, but he played there again and he really made that right back spot his own. Um, really did well defensively, really did well even offensively supporting Jelson yeah. and all of that. Um, so I want to give a special a special mention to Bataglia. Yeah, I think he did really well. I, I kind of yeah, want to say that. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Quick note on Bataglia. Um, I saw the the first – I think it was in the first half. Uh, they were in the box, and the player had – the player had dove, you know, yeah. trying to get that PK. And Bataglia was just so, so smart about it because the player thought Bataglia was going to come in with the contact. But Bataglia kind of adjusted his body out of the way, and mm. the guy just kind of fell. So – I mean, beautiful, beautiful position on his part because if he did make that contact, I think it would have been a PK, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, I remember that. I want to play just devil's advocate to one of the points you made about Wendell. I think uh, to JJ's defense, I think Wendell would have had at least, um, not a start, obviously, but coming off the bench, at least a half an hour, 20 minutes to really get himself in the team. Had uh, Jeremy with you last game and now Petrovic this game not had gone that red. I think uh, JJ, uh, I mean, he did it sort of with Mystic uh, this game where he brought him in towards, you know, the end of the game to give him some minutes. Also because we needed Mystic uh, in the center of midfield. And I think he did very well. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him under a sporting shirt more. But with Wendell, I think I think he would have got that that playing time just a bit more. But again, like due to circumstances, JJ didn't want to risk it and, and uh, throw in Wendell, maybe he wanted to, you know, and I mean, he just, both games, he only did two subs. So I guess that's, that's the only, my only defense to JJ on, on, on not playing Wendell uh, this week or even last week. Um, quickly, JJ's tactics out of 10, I think I'll give him a eight as well for, for that heavy rotation. He had the team playing very well. The team's performance, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, there was times in that game, the first half, even the second half a bit, um, though I, I am a bit bearing to mind that they did only have ten men for half an hour, but there was there was points in that game where we were where we were awful, where we couldn't create anything, where we were missing sitters, uh, where we were all over the place at times. Um, we were giving Muradins too much space. Muradins was you know controlling the play a bit more than than we were, which um, I mean shouldn't have happened. But I understand it's a rotated squad. I just. Uh, I, I was I, I just expected just a, a tad bit more from the team, so I'll give them a seven out of ten. Um, and I guess that's it with the Mude Dance game, unless you guys have anything else to add about it. Uh, anything from you, Steph, or from Bruno? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I'll go ahead, do. Steph. Yeah, I'm, I'm older, so let me go. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. 
Anyway, so um, uh, San Patricio, uh, shout out to him. Damn it, uh, you took you took you took what I was gonna say. Just go ahead. How did I, how did I completely forget Talk about San Patricio? Oh my Talk god! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the guy, the guy is a monster, man. I mean, he's he's the best yep. goalie in P- Portugal, and I'm I'm gonna dare to say he's probably the best goalie in Europe. Uh, at this moment, uh, he's just amazing. Uh, we're lucky to have him. <laughs> I hope he doesn't go to uh, Naples. They keep on bringing up Naples, Naples, Naples. That would be a tremendous mistake. I mean, when was the last time Naples won something? Unless he goes for, for the money, uh, which they'll pay better. But, you know, he's been a sporting for so many years. Just stay at sporting. We'll build you a, stadi- a, a statue in front of the stadium. So stay with us. He already has one in Leiria. So it would look good, uh, one in front of uh, Jose Alvalade. Um, shout out to him. And really fast about, um, I have a question for both of you. Uh, All right. So tell me uh, the uh, performance of the, the referee of the pitch, Tiago Martins. What, what did you think about him? So th- think, think back, think about the whole game, the whole performance. So not just certain plays. The whole performance. Do you think he had a okay performance? Okay, the let's rate him one to ten. Uh, Danny, go first. Um, one to ten. I'm being generous. He gets a two, and it's only because. And uh, I forgot to mention this earlier. I was going to bring it towards the end as well, and I'll still bring it. The the VAR decision was was spot on, so I'll give him a two just for finally getting that one call right throughout the game. Tackles on Dumbia, not called. Tackles on Jelson Martins on a breakaway. Called, not even a yellow on the other player. Petrovic's toenail at best, maybe, touches the guy. He gets a second yellow. Um, which, of course, also the fourth official has gets a zero for that decision. Um, yeah. Miserable. He gets a two out of ten, and that's him. That's me being nice, honestly. He was terrible last game. Okay, Bruno, go ahead. Yeah, just from the second half that I saw, man, um, like I said, that that imaginary second yellow on on Petrovic, uh, when you're going to make a call like that, you know, a pivotal call like that, you need to be 100 percent sure that that's a yellow card. Okay, and what frustrated me the most, okay, was right after we, we had gotten the ball right back and we started breaking away. And then, I don't know, it was like maybe 10 seconds later, I think, maybe, he calls it back and he shows the second yellow. And I'm just, I'm, 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 staring, I'm staring at the game and I'm just like, is this real life? Like, are you serious? He's really going to give Petrovic, as soon as he blew his whistle, I knew Petrovic was going to get the second yellow. Um, so I'm with Danny, man. I mean, you can't, in a pivotal game like that, you cannot, unless you're 100% sure, you cannot give a yellow card because it changed the the complexity of the game just completely changed. So I'm with Danny. I give him a two and that's being kind. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think he was, uh, he was uh, biased. Uh, he gave uh, sporting players yellow cards for really nothing. He quite fast uh, to send off uh, uh, sporting players. It's, uh, it's pretty easy for, for the, uh, uh, APAF uh, refs. For some reason, uh, I don't see any uh, Benfica players or Porto players being sent off like our players so easily. Nunca, nunca. O Ruben Dias, nada. Nada. <laughs> Ruben Dias, 
you know, to his defense, Ruben Diaz, he's got a black belt in karate. So, <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, whatever. Uh, but, you know, so you see Jeremy Mathieu he, he, last game, he put his uh, the, his hand on his face. He shouldn't have, I agree. But he gets the, he gets the send off with the red card. Ruben Diaz, in the meantime, you know, he does whatever he wants and he stays in the game. So that that's the the difference of treatment from the APAF uh with sporting and uh in comparison with Befica and Porto is tremendously. There's a huge gap. And and then they, they wonder why we complain so much. We have reasons to complain. If we haven't won the title for fifteen years, there's reasons why. Now we know why. Because basically Befica bought the uh the championships. Now yeah, we know why. A couple why. emails here, a couple emails there. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, but to move on with this, the, the referee was uma desgraça, uma vergonha total. He should not never be allowed to uh, to uh, uh, be the referee for any more games. Um, the Petrovic play, uh, that was the fourth referee. I think his name is uh, José Manuel or something like that. He's the one that suggested, called the guy at the uh, uh, Tiago Martins on the microphone and told him, Show me yellow card. That's a five-four yellow card. So he kind of tricked Tiago Martins on that one. Uh, but I didn't like the way he he showed the, our team yellow card so easily. And then to, the Muradins players, the one who dove in uh, inside the the box, didn't even show my yellow card. The the Bataglia play, remember? Yep. He yep. didn't even he didn't even show my yellow card. But our players for nothing. Bang 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 bang. Thank you, ma'am. And now we uh, we 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 conditioned for for the dragon with a few players because of this guy, um, Justin Martins. It's not his fault. That that's that's Justin Martins' fault. But we spoke about that already, and that's it. He get he gets it too as well in my book. All right, and just before we leave the the this topic on the game, uh, we also have to mention um, the goal ruled off. Uh, the goal. Um, you know, ruled against the goal uh, for Mureyrens. Uh, Steph, just a quick, a quick insight. I, I uh, what did you think? That. I spoke about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then perfect. Then you know, handball yeah. there. Yeah, Rude. clear handball. Clear handball. All right, perfect. Then um, let me go into before we get into the next game. I forgot to do it on the start of the show. I apologize. Uh, quickly, we just have a few questions. Uh, some of them will, you know, sort of lead us into our next topic. Um, so the first one is from, uh, the sports guy at sports two, four, seven guy, sick name, bro. Um, <laughs> his question, like he says, not really a question, but if Spartan can't come up with three points on Friday, then they, they should go all in in Europa league and always play the strongest 11 possible during those games. What are your thoughts? Bruno, what are your thoughts? Do you think if we don't get a result against Porto on Friday, should we, you know, put all our marbles, all our chips into the Europa League basket, or what do you think? Uh, well, my thoughts were already putting all of our chips into the Europa League basket, man. I feel like a European trophy uh, would be amazing. I feel like that's something that we've been missing. Um, I believe it what was 2004. We got to the final and we lost against uh, Moscow, I believe, right? 2004? 2005. 2005, shoot, one yeah. year away. Okay, yeah, 2005. Yeah. Close, close, close. So, so I feel like um, I, the Europa League is – a lot of people like to discredit it, 
But I think it's an amazing competition that's gotten very, very rich in the teams that compete in it over the recent years. So my whole thing, regardless of if we beat Porto or not beat Porto, I always felt like the Europa League was something that was very important for us, especially because if we do win it, we're automatically in the Champions League for the following year. So that's my take on that uh, question. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Steph, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, so the the uh, the final was in 2004 and five um, for the UEFA Cup. Okay, in between. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, so you you both correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I I love I love statistics. That's my thing. Uh, that's why you know uh, sometimes when I have uh, conversations with so-called Befiquistas and I say simple questions like. Uh, give me a data the fundação, and they tell me 1903. I walk away. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, the um, uh, what was the question again? If if we don't if we don't get a result against oh, yeah. Porto, yeah, yeah, got it. So depends on the result. Like uh, if it's a tie, it leaves everything the way it is with uh, with five points in between, and then uh, if Benfica wins, there'll be two points ahead of us. I don't know. I have mixed feelings. Uh, I'm a strong believer that uh, if we can win it all, let's win it all. Um, the the, the Tasso UEFA now, uh, it's two games. Uh, so we play home first and then we go to uh, Vitoria Pensin uh, the second hand. So I believe it's the 8th and the 15th, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, actually... I was scheduled for overtime and I canceled it because I got to watch those games, you know. Uh, <laughs> exactly, more, man, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's more important than money in my book. And, um, 100%. yeah, so if we win the Tasso UEFA, that would be great because of two things it's an international trophy and we qualify right away to the Champions League. That's the new, that's the new way of things now. The, the one who wins the, uh, the Tasso UEFA, bang. Right in in Champions League, so that's twelve million dollars, twelve million euros. That's a lot yep. of money. We could use it. Yeah. So now, if we get eliminated in the semifinals or whatever might be the case, I hope not. Of course, then um, next year only the champion of Portugal will qualify directly to uh, the Champions League. The second one, we go, to, we'll go to a third playoff or a. They have to play. It's really deep into it. It's not even the playoff to to the group stage. It's like yeah, I think they have to. The, they have to win like what two games just to to get to the group stage, right? Exactly. Yeah. They, no, they have they have to. Go oh, beat two teams. Two teams. Yeah. Yeah. Beat two teams. Beat two yeah. teams. That's yeah. what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. 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 They have they have basically to play four games before they get to the group stage. Okay. So. Um, so that's why it's important to, to be champions of Portugal, and we haven't won it for 15 years. And that's the most important competition in Portugal. That's the, that, that's, that's a competition every team wants to win. Tasa da Liga, okay, it's, it's a great cup for the Campeão de Inverno, great, but not that significant. Campeão uh, uh, Portugal, that's the one we want. So I have mixed feelings. I mean, I hope we win at the Dragão, even if it's a goal at minute 90 plus 12 minutes. I don't care, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't care how we win the game, but I hope we win. I know the Portistas, they're very confident because uh, Jose Martinez is not going to play. Bas Dos is still doubtful. 
but me, I'm a strong believer. I believe in my team. I have faith. I'm like uh, Bruno Brito, o Leão Interno. O Leão Interno is expecting a surprise from our team in uh, Dragão, and I feel the same way. I think we're going to shock uh, the uh, the Portuguese league, and we're going to pull off a win. I'm strongly confident. This is a game that uh, some players will be self-motivated because it's a great game. It's a full stadium. Uh, the the last uh, piece of news I read, I think they only had uh, a thousand tickets to sell. So it's a packed stadium. So that's that's the environment professional players love to play into. And uh, the 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 only thing is, if I was if I could talk to JJ, I would tell him to play low block and counter attack to have a shot of winning the Dragon. If you go head to head with them, I don't think we'll have a chance. See, I think we I think we should go head to head in the first half, but I'll get onto that when we discuss it. I I mean I we will have possession of the ball and then, you know, play play compacted. Don't 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 spread the team uh too thin. Then uh they can surprise us with Marega. He's way too fast. And now Abubakar is still hurt and Suarez got hurt. Uh, last game, so yeah, that's interesting because they could play with the Otavio and uh, Marega up front. Am I right? Uh, Port- yeah, they could. Yeah. They can also yeah. do Gonçalo Paciencia, but I think we should. We'll get into that oh, when yeah, we yeah, yeah. when we review the t te- when we review the game. Uh, just one last yeah. question that's that's in regards to Porto as well. This comes from Chip Carvalho uh, at Cantonist Chip on Twitter. Uh, a longtime fan of the show, so thank you, Chip. And his question is, with Jelson out and Dost a possible doubt, what starting 11 would you like to see from JJ? So that'll just sort of bring us into uh, into the Porto discussion. So Bruno, let's say we're not entirely sure if Bas Dost is playing or not. Let's assume the worst and let's say he's not. What would you make your 11 seeing as Jelson and Dost are out? Okay. Yeah, tough, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, the and, best... assume, and assume that the people that have the flu are good. You know, they're good, right? Yeah, products. right, right. I hope so. So obviously, yeah. can we throw in left back Watts, Mateu, and uh, Pacini? Then I would have Bruno Fernandes. William will be back. Ah, see, this is the tough part. You know, do we play Rafael Leo on the wing, or do we play him as? you know, the natural striker. I would like to see him in the middle of the pitch. I think he's better in the middle than he is on the wing. So I'd put Rafael Leon as my striker, maybe playing behind either Dumbia, which would probably be most likely. Um, and then on the wings, I mean, pick your poison. Brun Cesar, Ruben Ribeiro, or uh, Brian Ruiz. Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough um, because they... I mean, I think they can get the job done, but it's just it's just tough without without Jelson being there. But that that would be my eleven. I mean, pick your poison with Ruben Ribeiro, Bruno uh, Cesar, and Brian Ruiz on the wings, and I'd play uh, Rafael Leão in the middle of the part, uh, in the middle of the pitch. All right, sounds good, Steph. Hit us with your eleven. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be basically. I feel the same way. I would make a couple changes, like uh, between the pipes. I would definitely put, of course, Rui Patricio. Then left, I agree with uh, with uh, Bruno. I would put Fabio Cointrão and uh, the wing with uh, Acuna. Then center backs, it, it has to be... Oh, Acuna. I forgot about him. Sorry. Yeah, Acuna. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So the left wing, I wouldn't touch it. I would leave it with Fabio Cointrão yeah. and Acuna. I wouldn't touch that. Uh, um, 
Then uh, in the uh, center backs, uh, Jeremy Mathieu, he should have fresh legs now. And uh, Coates is in great form. Uh, and then in, uh, in the right, I would put uh, Ritavski. I like him. Uh, that's a question of preference. Then in midfield, I would put um, Willem Carvalho together with uh, Bataglia. That would be me, again. On, uh, and then up front, I would put, I would gamble. I would put uh, Rafael Jan with Bruno Fernandes. And then my doubt would be the wing on the right side. Like the, like Bruno said, I don't know. P- pick your poison, like what, he said. <laughs> what if Bruno Fernandes played on the right wing, though? You guys don't think he could do it for a game? And probably put Bataglia yeah. in the middle? We've seen Jorzuz do that already as well. Jorzuz uh, has already said, even at Sampdoria, he was always playing on the right. I don't right. know. I think, I think Bruno Fernandes is better through the middle. But, no, um, for sure, for sure. But I mean, just... with a lack of options, I wouldn't mind Ruben Ribeiro maybe to the middle or even playing Dumbia Montero up front and then having... And that, uh, but that's have... the thing. Uh, like like, uh, like uh, Dumbia, he's been giving enough chances and he hasn't shown anything. So I would prefer replacing him with Rafael Young. And next yeah. to him, I, w- yep. I would put uh, Bruno Fernandes. And then on the right wing... Uh, I guess uh, Ruben Ribeiro. Um, yeah. Because, like, I, the thing is, Brian Ruiz is too slow. Uh, that's my, yeah. you know, that's that's my thing. And we need pace. I, we definitely need pace in this game. I agree. We, uh, we need we need we need people that uh, play that they play offense and defense. They come back yeah. and help the defense. Yeah, Rishto- I think Ristovsky would be a good shout out to playing that right wing. Him and Pacini on the right side. I think it'd be solid. Oh, yeah, you're right. I agree. Uh, we've seen that before, too. Yeah. We've seen that before, too. He did all right. Yeah, I could see that. Vistovsky in the back and then uh, Piccini up front or vice versa. Yeah, that would be excellent. And then put, put Liao and uh, Bruno Fernandes up top. Hmm? Yeah. My 11 would be uh, Rui Patricio and Ned, obviously. Uh, you're, the defense, the exact same as you guys said. Quach, Mathieu, Cointreung, and, uh, and Piccini. Uh, maybe possibly Ristovsky right back, uh, seeing if, if Pacini is okay. But, okay, we'll go with Pacini. He's better defensively, and he's taller, so I know Porto will be bombing in those those crosses to Marega and maybe even Gonçalo Paciencia, so having another tall body in the box would be, you know, good. Uh, my midfield would be William and, and Bataglia, two other strong, tall midfielders, with Bruno mm-hmm. Fernandes sort of as a second striker. I would have... Bruno Cesar on the right because he always finds I don't know what it is about Bruno Cesar that I that I kind of like him uh, and and I know Spartan just give him a lot of hate but he, he's he's kind of my boy this guy scores in all big games and I think the you know he can rise to the occasion on 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 for for a classico and uh, same way as he done against Madrid and Dortmund and uh, and Juventus uh, so yeah I'll put I'll put Bruno Cesar on the right I'll put Mark Jacquin obviously on the left. Up top, I'll put Freddie Montero. If that doesn't work out, I'll put Rafael Leon. And I'll explain why I'll put Freddie Montero. I think Freddie has a bit more of uh, a link-up play to him that Dumbia simply doesn't have because Dumbia, he, he either tries to dribble the ball and sort of gets lost in his feet, as we've seen in the last game and even in the past few games. Um, Rafael Leon, though I do like him, then if all goes and if not things aren't going well, we should throw him in towards you know the last half hour of the game. Um, but he doesn't have that experience that Montero has. Let's not forget Montero scored against against 
you know, the big teams in the past that, and he can very well score against them again. And, and like I was saying, he has that something about his game, especially now that um, he's more of a creative. He's more trying to link up play. He's, he's providing a lot more. And also even George Zuz is playing him. I feel George Zuz is playing him too deep, um, playing him off Doomby. I think Monteiro should be leading the line. That's where we've seen him score incredible goals under Leonardo Jardim and even Marco Silva. That's, that's where we, we've seen him shine. And I, I, I think, with him up front, he's 10 times the player than he is um, further away from the net. That's that's my opinion. That's my 11 that I'm going to go into. Um, so let's let's preview the game. Steph, give us any nuances that we don't know of. You, you were already going into some of the Porto injuries. Tell me what you expect from this Porto team or Bruno. Wait, us- I have, I have go a ahead. Quick, I have a quick question for you guys. I was going to announce it on the podcast, uh, but I didn't I didn't write it. But. Uh, the press conference, or not the press conference, but the interview right after the game with JJ, um, what he said about the fans, I wanted to get your guys' take on that. I don't know if you guys heard it. Mm-hmm. I you guys, uh, so I wanted to get your guys' take on on what he said, if he was right, if he was wrong, and just your opinions on that. Yeah, I, I stand by, by what JJ said. Um, you know, this team deserved a bit more... Karim uh, deserves a bit more love for the for the fight that's been that they've been in. You know, we're not we're not used to seeing a Spartan team so, you know, up for a fight like like we've like this team. We're not used to seeing a Spartan team in all competitions really like this team is. We're not used to seeing a team, um, you know, just this the the way this team has been performing this year has been fantastic, and we should be with them through the losses as well as we always have been. Um, I think just the anxiety that that we're starting to get to to finally win the league is is getting the better of some fans. I know it wasn't all fans yesterday; it was some fans, but um, they were the loudest. They made themselves known. So I'm I'm with JJ. If if you're there to whistle at the players, stay home. Don't go to the games. If you're there to support the team through thick and thin, go to the games because you deserve it. And and that's that's the Spartanistas that 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 this team especially deserves this year. Steph, take it away. Okay, so yeah, um, I do understand uh, JJ's point of view, but I do also understand uh, the fans' point of view. You know, they they were getting uh, frustrated because of the so many chances we created, and then um, we didn't score. And then, uh, as a fan, uh, when you're watching the game, you know, you saw Porto win, you saw Benfica win, then you don't want to fall behind because you know what's going to happen if we fall behind on Twitter. Blah, 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 blah. You know, so, um, but I agree with JJ. The team needed support, especially if you pay attention to detail and you realize that the team had so many uh, uh, changes because of the injuries and the flus and all that. William Carvalho also had the flu, by the way, and and uh, and uh, Ritavski. Um, I forgot to mention those two two games. It was a total of seven players. I don't think people realize that until until the next day. And um, in that aspect, I totally agree with JJ. Listen, I had so many changes, so many people injured, so many people to flu. They should have supported the team. Yes, I agree. But at the same time, you have to understand the fans. As you went to the Leonina, you Ultra Vintiu, they never stopped. They were, you know, constantly supporting the team, supporting the team. And the fans got frustrated. It's understandable. But indeed, you have to uh, give Carinho to the team. And support them until the end, uh, because as we see, Sporting loves to win at the end. So, 
for sure. <laughs> for sure. You know, and then to wrap to wrap it up, I I agree with JJ with what he said, but at the same time, I, I feel the pain of the adepts to Sporting because at home I was feeling the same way. I, I mean, you should have seen me. <laughs> I, I, actually, I was watching the game on my phone in my cubicle because I wasn't off that day. I had to come to work. And then I took my lunch and my break all together so I could see the game on my phone. And I was literally like going crazy. And then my co-workers, they were looking at me like, this guy's crazy because I was cursing in Portuguese. <laughs> That's always a scene. <laughs> <laughs> so they wouldn't understand. I was like, you know, I'm not going to say it now. But I was, I was saying cursing. They're like, are you okay, Tex? Because they call me by my last name. And I'm, I'm okay, man. It's my team. They're not winning. It's frust frustrating. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I agree with both. And that's it. Yep. Bruno, you have anything to add about that? Yeah, my quick take. Um, I'm, I'm with JJ on this one. Again, um, I can understand the fans because we've had some performances this year that have kind of been like uh, not the Spartan we expect to see. But with that being said, man, this was this was a game. OK, this was a game. When we are down to 10 men. OK, at home. We can't be whistling at our players, man. We, we need to be cheering them on, um, especially the circumstances. I mean, this was a pivotal, pivotal game because we all know the big game against Porto on Friday. So for the fans uh, to whistle, you know, with everything going on with the players, the injuries, that, that flu that's going around, I'm with JJ, man. Um, they should have had the teams back, especially because we were down to 10 men. So that's just my take on it. Yeah, 100%. Um yeah, so uh quickly, uh Steph, give your give your preview on um your preview on uh, the upcoming Porto game and what are your expectations? What do you think of this Porto squad? Um yeah, anything that comes to mind really. Okay, so so basically we're gonna have some fresh legs, which that's that's a great news. Uh William Carvalho, uh well we you know, he didn't play. Uh Piccini didn't play, uh Pellini didn't play. I know he hasn't played on a regular basis, but still, he's going to have some fresh legs because he played the last game. Um, Fabio Cointram didn't play, so another player with fresh legs. Uh, Jeremy Mathieu didn't play, another player with uh, with fresh legs. We have a super, super motivated uh, Rafael Leão. And by the way, Danny, I do agree with you. I don't think he should start um, because he lacks of experience. and We should put him on when we see our team struggling or just to, as the first sub, the last 30 minutes or whatever, you know. Uh, so I'm actually very optimistic because half of our team got time to rest. Uh, the last time, the last game they played was against Astana on Thursday, and they had a full week to, to, to actually uh, fully recover. So I, I feel very confident. Um, I know we're not going to have Jason Martins, but this means that the JJ will have to play in a different, uh, uh, different, different tactic. That's all. So instead of uh, playing in a, a more aggressive offensive game, you might have to uh, play in a more containing game. Um, and um, and Porto, uh, he, he's, they, they lost some uh, some top guns as well. Abubakar still hurt. Uh, Suarez, uh, he got hurt. We, they don't know if he's going to come back in time to play against Sporting. Um, uh, on the other hand, uh, the um, the left wing, what's his name, Dalot, uh, isn't it? Dalot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the old Dalot. 
Yep. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. He's he's got very good potential for sure. He's he's very yeah. promising. Chevalo, when I saw him playing, those assists were like were golden. So I was very I, I was impressed. I was mesmerized. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He's really good. Um, but he, he's not gonna have uh, Suarez who. Uti King Swartz, he's, he's hot. This guy he scores goals every every game now. So if he doesn't play against Sporting, that's a, that's good news. Gonzalo Paciencia, I don't think he's as good as Marega and Uti uh, King Swartz. Uh, and he hasn't played since uh, they, uh, they got him back from uh, from Stubal. He hasn't played. So he's got no rhythm. So actually, I hope he plays. Um so I think it's going to be a, a tougher game than Portistas think. Portistas think, oh, then they don't have Jelson Martins. We're gonna we're gonna be golden. I don't think so because our team, half of our team, will be nice and fresh, and the other half will be nice and motivated. And uh, and uh, and then uh, the the only thing that worries me is uh, who's going to replace Jelson Martins. But in this case, uh, like we said, I would put Piccini and Ritavski on the on the right wing. And you know what? Defensively, we're not going to have any issues. Maybe offensively, but you know what? We'll put Rafael Young the last 30 minutes and then we'll score a goal in 90 plus 9. And uh, a goal assim todo cagado e ganhamos. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, Bruno. Go for it. All right, guys. Uh, listen in and listen good because this is the game that's going to win us the league. I absolutely think we are going to win this game. It's going to be a scrappy win, maybe 2-1, 3-2. I don't care what it is. We are going to win this game. Amen. This is, this is, this Amen, is, the, bro. <laughs> this is the fourth game. The fourth game we play against Porto this year, correct? I believe it's the fourth, the fourth one we played in the yes. League Cup, the league. Correct. and yeah. yeah, yeah. We have one more after this, too. Right. I think this is this is the one where JJ is finally going to get his tactics perfectly, perfectly, perfectly against Porto. We've already met him three times. He already knows how they play. Um, and I know Steph, you were talking about uh, Dalu playing on playing as a right back. What just occurred to me is I would actually put Afielio on the left wing and have a match up against him. I think he could take him on all day long. I really, truly do. I think that would create a matchup problem in favor of us. I fully expect us um, to win. Like I said, I think this is going to be the game that puts Spartan over the top, that gets Spartan to start really believing that this is our year. This is finally our freaking year. Um, I think it's going to be an absolutely amazing game. Uh, my nerves are going to be through the roof, uh, but I really, really, really think that we are going to get this W and even with Jelson missing, I think that's going to – I think the team is just going to come together as a whole collectively, and I think we're going to get the result, man. They they know how big this is, and we when we won the League Cup uh, back in the winter, um, they said this is, you know, this, this is nice, but this isn't what we truly want. And I think the players know that, and I fully expect them um, to deliver uh, come Friday. So I'm excited, and I expect us in the first half – I expect us to come out strong, attacking uh, – score a goal and then I expect us to play on the counter after that because I mean remember it's a short week guys from Monday to Friday I know we did rotate players which is good but you know still a short week for a couple players like you know Bruno Fernandes who's hasn't gotten a rest and God knows how long um, yeah. so I, I expect mm -hmm. the second half for Porto to be a little bit more on top of us probably for like the last 30 minutes of the game but I think we'll we'll be up by that time, and we'll 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 do enough to secure that victory. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm taking two hours vacation to to watch the game. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Listen, I think my my girlfriend wants a date on Friday. She has to she has to wait a long time <laughs> if she wants to do anything on Friday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll quickly put in my two cents. Um, you know, we we are without Jelson and Bovins for sure. Uh, potentially Bazdost. I hope not, but potentially Bazdost. Um, but you know, they're not without their injuries as well. They have, you know, Jesus Corona still out. Uh, Alex Tez is out. As you guys mentioned, the King Suarez got out. Um, Ricardo Pereira still hasn't come back from injury. I'm not too sure if he'll come back against Sporting. Abubakar is out. I'm not too sure he'll come back for Sporting. Danilo's been out since the last time we faced them. Again, I'm not too sure he'll come back against Sporting. So they are without their injuries as well. Um, credit to Porto though. Their, their substitutes have come on and, and done the business, uh, you know, like like Sergio Oliveira sort of um, giving them a different dynamic maybe and and really not making the Portistas miss Danilo that much. Um, I think Casillas will probably be in net against against Sporting, seeing as Cessa had, a, had that shocking game against Liverpool and since then he hasn't really been on the lineup. Um, but to me, I think they're both more or less the same quality, so I don't think that's necessarily going to impact us a lot. And... I agree with you. I'm not maybe as as loud. I'm I'm, I'm quietly confident ahead of this game. I think, like Bruno said, this is the this is going to be the game where Jorzuz gets his tactic rights. Where where um, you know Jorzuz is going to implement something that maybe even we're not going to be ready for, and and um and and shock either Porto or or the boys are going to finally come out and 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 play with that, you know, intensity that we've needed them to play for or play with the last uh, the last time we faced Porto, the last few times we faced Porto, and even the, the game against Befica. I think we've learned from our mistakes then. I think we'll, we'll, we'll give them a, a better go. Um, Steph mentioned earlier that, you know, he, he wants the team to play more of a counterattacking game. I think, uh, sure, on periods, for sure, we, we should sit back, drop deep, because as, as we've proven throughout the season, um, Sporting's not an easy team to score against. Doesn't matter if you're if you're a little team in Portugal, if you're Befica, if you're Porto, if you're Juventus, if you're if you're Barcelona, you're not score. You know it's tough to score more than even one goal against us. Um, let alone score a goal. Um, you know what I mean? So um, we'll, we'll definitely use that to our advantage. And definitely at points in this game, I want us to sit back and drop deep. But at the same time, I want us to go face-to-face with them. I want us to attack them as well. I want us to um, show our attacking prowess that I know we have, especially if Bas Dost is there. I want us to push the game forward, find you know, find crosses into the box, uh, try to find uh, either Bruno Fernandes or Bruno Cesar sort of, sort of trailing the play and either take that long shot or you know make the play inside the box. I think, I think this is the perfect opportunity to hit them with that, especially seeing as... as as I mentioned earlier, the amount of injuries that they have. And I, I agree with Bruno. If, if we win this game, this is the game that wins us the league. Um, I'm not as confident as you two. I am confident. I do think we'll win. I'm a quiet confident. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to sit back, relax, let all these Portistas talk shit. And then at the end of the day, Friday comes. And when we get that result, buddy, they're right going to get the slapping. They're going to get the slapping. Rest in peace to them on Twitter, for sure. Yep, if you're just yep. results, for sure. Um, anyways, quickly, do you guys have anything else to add? Anything at all about the Porto game? And if not, just quickly give us your, your score prediction. But uh, Bruno, go ahead. 
Um, nothing more to add other than uh, what I had stated. Um, I think uh, either Mark Shakunya, I think he's going to be my man of the match, either him or uh, Bruno Fernandes. One of them two will for sure be my man of the match. And I think it's going to be 2-1. Mm. Steph? Yeah, so uh, really fast. The, the, the reason why Portistas are so confident because uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Bruno Ferreira, uh, we talk we talk to each other almost uh, every other day, um, and uh, it's because they won five one against Portimonense. Well, the one thing they failed to realize is Portimonense tried to play against them head to head, and they, it bit them in the ass. Uh, they they basically couldn't um, because if they if they if they would have played just typically how they play lower block counter attack, maybe they would have surprised Porto. So that's why they're so confident. Sporting struggled against Moreirense, but let's not forget, we could have won easily. We made an easy game very difficult. And that's all I have to say. The prediction for me, it's going to be 3-2 Sporting. A late goal by uh, Rafael Leon. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm just going to say we're going to win a one nothing game. Uh, it's going to be tight. Uh, towards the end of the, the game, we'll, we'll get that goal. I'm not too sure who... I just know we're gonna we're gonna get it. Um, quickly, our, our last topic before getting into the modalidade, um, I want to kind of talk about you know the media in Portugal and maybe even the differences that there are between the media in Portugal and the and the sports media in the U.S. here in Canada or even in the U.K. If we know anything about that, um, Steph, you're the more knowledgeable out of the three of us. Uh, so give us your input. What do you think? You know. Especially with the declarations, with the with 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 what Bruno Carvalho said um, about two weeks ago now, and 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 what most of us sporting issues have noticed about the Portuguese media, give us your insight and, and what you think about the differences and and what Portuguese media needs to improve on. Well, the the the, the Portuguese media, uh, the the newspapers that dominate the, the sports is uh, basically Record, Ebola, and the Jogo, um, and then Correio da Manhã once in a while da da os palpites but they're, they're very unbiased, very. Uh, they, they, they always favor o jogo more the North, o Porto, Recorde Bola. Uh, it's, they might as well change their names to Befica Sports Newspapers, Befica Journal. Uh, they're not fair and square with, uh, with Sporting. Uh, the Manchettes, uh, they miss misleading. Uh, for example, our futsal, they went to study the Luz and they tied to two. The Manchete was uh, Benfica parou uh, o, o, o caminho vitorioso de Sporting. They didn't say Sporting still in first place by five points with no defeats. It could have been that way, no? But it wasn't. It has to always favor uh, Benfica, the, the, uh, the, um, the um, Portuguese papers. Uh, the only reliable uh, newspaper we have is uh, o Sporting Jornal. I'm actually a, a subscriber. I, I paid 22 euros for the whole year. It's a mupshinsha. It's not expensive at all. And I read it online instead of getting the, the paper version because it's cheaper that way. Um, so, so, and the difference here in the United States is uh, we don't have a, uh, like, the New York Giants. I'm an, uh, I know Bruno is a Dolphins fan. Am I right? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> And Danny, I don't know if you follow any NFL teams. Uh, I'm sort of a Bills fan just because it's right around the corner. But, oh, uh, man. 
I mean, they're not much better than the Dolphins. <laughs> get out of my, get out of my division, man. <laughs> hey, at least, at least you guys made it to the Super Bowl a lot of times, uh, but never won it. Uh, exactly. But but besides that, each club here in America doesn't have their their own newspaper. First of all, and there's uh, the uh, the only newspaper that actually would be talking uh, about them in depth might be the local newspaper. But the big the the big one that controls all the news is actually ESPN. ESPN, uh, they they control basically all the news of the NFL, NBA, MLB, and uh, for the majority of uh, the commentators, they pretty much neutral. Uh, they 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 might like one of uh, you know they might like one of the teams. Of course, it's expected, but they 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 not as much as controlling as the media in Portugal. The media in Portugal flips it to to Befica's favor, like the email scandal. Every time they found a a, a new a, a piece of news against uh, Porto Sporting, they try to uh, befar those email scandal. Here in America, not so much. They the, the way it is, the way it is. Uh, ESPN is fair and square most of the time. Sometimes they're not, but most of the time here in America, they they pretty much you know fair and square. And then you have uh, a lot of uh, uh, radio shows, uh, but the radio shows here in Philly, for example, they call them the Fanatics on 97.1. And in all they talk, it's about Philadelphia teams. Da, 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 da. In detail, they, they basically break it down into detail. So if you're a fan of the Philadelphia uh, 76ers, go to 97.1, and that's all they talk about. Just like we're doing about Sporting and like Sporting 160, does about sporting in Portugal. So, but as far as, as the media, I think in the US it's much more fair than it is in Portugal. In Portugal, even os programas televisivos like o Trio de Ataque, uh, or Fora de Jogo, é uma miséria because it's it's very very controlled by one club which is Benfica. They 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 like we say os os da cartilha. They control everything. And Seek Notices, RTP, uh, even Sport TV, the commentators, you could see that they, they, they have a preference. And it should not be that way. O jornalismo devia ser puro. And it's not in Portugal. It's, it's, it favors all the time Sporting Lisboa Bifica. And whoever doesn't see that, then you're blind. You just have to pay attention to small details and you'll see. So... Me personally, I think in the U.S. we do a much better job than in Portugal. Portugal is really backwards, and uh, they need to work on it. But I don't think there's a solution. Uh, I'm, I hate to be pessimista, pessimist, but I don't think there's a, there's a solution in Portugal. That's what it's been for so many years, and that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, 100%. I just want to bring up one little... Um, uh, you know, incident that we can talk about that, that you've even mentioned uh, about how a ball of favors Benfica way over um, Sporting. And that was not too long ago. As we all remember, at the 97th minute, Benfica get a free kick and tie their game against Bilinis. Um, mm -hmm. a, a ball is cover. Yeah. A ball is yeah. cover. Pastela Marago. Agora, <laughs> and now, Sporting does a similar thing. Scores in the 98th minute. Um, against Tondela, where we got the three a minute or the two minutes extra time added on because the guy was on the floor. A ball of cover, fora the orage, out of time. Exactly. 
Um, it's, it's just little things like this where, you know, I was sort of not against what Bruno Carvalho said because I understand what he means by it when he said, you know, let's stop doing this and that. I understand what he means by it. I just think the way he said it might have been a little messed up. But then you see certain shit like this and and and, and you're like, okay, you know what? Bruno Carvalho has, has, you know, he he's absolutely right. This is this is abysmal. The 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 obvious bias is there. If you're not going to put respect on us, if you're not going to put respect on our name, why should we put respect on yours? So I'm glad with with the with the declarations that Bruno Carvalho has said and 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 just speaking quickly on on the media here in Canada, we have mainly two big sports channels, which is uh, TSN and, and Sportsnet. There used to be a third of the, the score, but they're no longer around. And even with them, of course, there's a bias between, you know, the Raptors or um, I'll, I'll do this about hockey because there's more Canadian teams with, with hockey. Of course, there's a bit of a bias when it comes to Toronto Maple Leafs because I'm in Toronto. However, this doesn't take it away from if Montreal does something exceptional, who's our biggest rivals, if Montreal does something exceptional, the media isn't going to just try to ignore that or, you know, sweep that under the rug or give them a. 20 second you know highlight reel of what montreal have done no montreal you're doing something amazing buddy toronto i don't give a fuck who you support look at montreal fucking shine look at look at montreal do this and that look at winnipeg do this and that that's how it is here with hockey and hockey's our biggest sport here in canada so the fact that you know the three major newspapers in portugal doesn't do the same with their major sport it's it's ridiculous and it, again it just adds on to what bruno Carvalho was saying um, you know, let let boycott Sporting Ishtas. There's no point in buying these or supporting these these newspapers, these sports outlets that um, that that the you know that 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 spit on our name, like in a sense. You know what I mean? Um, there there are some good um, you know to talk about the shows uh, that that like Dia Seguint. There are some good commentators like Agustinasu that you know are part of the world of football. And if you look at ESPN, you know, for basketball, who do they get? They get ex-pros like Shaquille O'Neal. Here in TSN, they get ex-pros, uh, ex-hockey players uh, to come in and speak and stuff like that. In Portugal, they get they get lawyers. What is what is Jorge Zuzia said this when he came into Sporting his first year? What as a lawyer, you know, I know the law, but I'm not going to speak about the law like I'm a lawyer. As a lawyer, you may know you may know you know soccer. But how are you speaking about soccer as if you're a coach, as if you're an ex-player, as if you're um, a board of director, as if you're an ex-president? Some of these, some of the people, most of the people that they have speaking of the sport in Portugal, what what did, what have they done to contribute to the sport? And that's all. That's that's the only thing that 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 irks me about Portugal is there's so much potential to do so much good, but some of the news outlets, some of the sports pages, they decide to do. To do so much bad, to do so much treta. Um, that's all I'll say. Bruno, do you have anything else to add about any of this? Yeah, real quick. Um, so yeah, here in the here in the US, um, we don't really I guess the newer generation, because you know, the older generation, like my dad, you know, will still get like the Washington Post, you know, that's our newspaper. And you know, they'll talk about the Redskins and and they'll talk about the Wizards, but they're not biased. You know, if they suck, they'll say they suck, you know. Things like that. It, it, in Portugal, it's it's not very much like that. There's always an excuse for something, I guess you can say. Um, and, you know, here we have like ESPN, you know, we have Sports Center, you know, then you have your 
uh, ESPN First Take, you have PTI, you have Around the Horn, and the analysts there, you got Stephen A. Smith, uh, Max Kellerman. I mean, they do a phenomenal job, and they're not biased. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. they'll, they'll have the teams that they support. Like, Stephen A. Smith is, is a big Steelers fan, so, you know, he'll talk about his Steelers, but at the end of the day, he's also a realist. You know what I mean? If he knows that his Steelers, you know, can't, you know, don't have a legitimate shot, he's not going to sit there and say that. You know, he's going to talk about the other teams that do. Um, and I feel like in Portugal, it's not very much like that. They don't really cover the teams um, as evenly as they should. And I feel like Spartan, they just hate on us so much. <laughs> and it's it's baffling because we haven't won anything, but yet we're always in their mouths. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it's it's funny. It's uh, it's hypocritical um, because when things happen to Porto and Benfica, it's okay. It's within the laws of the game. Mas quando é o Sporting Nossa Senhora, like it's 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 ridiculous. It's 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 insane. It's it's insane. I guess is the it's the best way I can put it. But um, as far as like you know the newspapers here in the U.S., we don't. As far as like the new generation, we get all of our stuff online. Uh, or podcasts, or just you know watching ESPN. Uh, not so much the newspapers, mm-hmm. but uh, like I said, even the Washington Post that they cover the Redskins and the Wizards. I mean, they do a great job, um, and I hate both of those teams, but they do a good job covering them. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's definitely the difference that we have, um, and especially in the shows too, because I my dad watches. I think it's the the Doc, and I believe he was watching it la- uh, last night after the game, and they were they were talking about the. Uh, yellow card on Petro. Okay. And one of the guys really, I think, I think he was the guy for Benfica. I think he was, I'm not sure his name, but he's like, I, I like he needed to get like extra replays of it to see. And it's like, are you like, are you serious? Like, come on, man. Like it's, it's so clear. Like it's so clear that it wasn't a foul, but this man needs to watch four to five replays. Like it, it's just, it's baffling. Man, I, I don't know how these guys even got into being analysts, um, but it's kind of embarrassing too. And I, I think it kind of hurts uh, the Portuguese league. I really do, um, because no one wants to see that. Do your job the right way um, and not the wrong way. So that's my take on that. Yeah, it's journalismo, not journalismo. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anything else to say, Steph? Before we get into modalidades? Yeah, really fast. The um, To answer Bruno's question, because I, I totally forgot a little while ago. Uh, the only reason why the VAR couldn't intervene in the second yellow card, because mm. it's not part of the rules. On the, yeah, second, yeah. on the second yellow card, when uh, and then it will be a red card, the the, uh, the VAR can intervene. If it's a, a a straight red card, yes, they could intervene. Uh, I got so, you, but on the that, okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, because it's a, a second order. Anyway, uh, re- really fast to to finish it up uh, about the media uh, in America. Basically, we have ESPN that controls the whole nation, and then they have different shows within ESPN, and then they have which is the big thing now, ESPN Radio, which has different podcasts with different commentators. Yep. And then when it, when it breaks down in, into states, then you have smaller radio stations talking about the specific teams of those specific cities. Um, so that's that, that's the way it is in, in America. Newspapers, like Bruno said, uh, nobody buys them, really. It's, everything is done online. Yeah. So the, 
the the big difference is that way. Uh, and in Portugal, like we said, we have record of all They're going to depth into sports only. It's all about sports. Our newspapers in America might be the last three pages of sports, and uh, everything else, it's about something else. Uh, so, so, so that that's the the the, the big difference for the uh, listeners from Portugal. If uh, if they uh, you know interested in knowing what's the difference, there it is. That in a nutshell. And then the TV shows, uh, maybe a local channel will talk about. Uh, let's say when they won the Super Bowl, they spoke about it for a little bit longer. But you know, it's at yeah. the end of uh, of of the uh, news. It's not the whole show. Um, there's not too many shows like from other channels like ABC, NBC. That that uh, have a show, a total show about sports. That's more ESPN. There's it's only one channel, really, and that's it. All right, beautiful. Um, quickly, we're going to get into the modalidades. Uh, Bruno Brito uh, or the only Terran on Twitter, as you guys may recognize them, um, gave us a quick little synopsis on on what on what happened over the weekend with in in the sporting universe and the modalidades. Um, we apologize if it doesn't sound the greatest right now. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties providing it. Hopefully, it'll just get better as, as the podcasts go on. But uh, anyways, Bruno, it's all you, buddy. We made a great game, knowing the need to win in Juro, Russia, to still have real chances to follow to the qualifying stage of the champion. But sporting team took advantage of the added value of their players in the individual terms to make the difference, achieving another very important victory to maintain the advantage over the rivals in the top of the league. Next game in Avanka for the championship on the next weekend, a complicated game, but equally important to be able to maintain the punctual advantage for the champions qualifying playoff. Volleyball. Two big wins this weekend to close the regular phase with a win for 3-1 in Spino against Sporting Spino on the other for 3-0 on João Rocha against Jumuriz. The team ensured the first place in the regular round and will face Castelo da Maia in the semi-finals of the Champions qualifying playoff. The team finished the regular season with 23 wins and only one defeat in 24 games. Excellent return of the modality to the club. Okay. Excellent victory for 7-1 against Juventud Vienna. A complicated game that our team excelled with distinction. The team continues with only one point behind the first place. Next game will be an away match against Turkel, where the team will want to continue this winning cycle. Futsal. 
Sporting equalized 2-2 at Benfica. Doing a great exhibition in my point of view. Failing on effectiveness, efficacy, and managed to maintain a regular exhibition in qualitative qualitative terms, even with a huge duality of criteria on the part of the arbitration team. The team maintains the advantage of six points, continuing on the top of the classification and keeps invincibility in the regular season since October 2015. On the next match, Sporting receives Mordekus, who has also been making a good championship. Female Futsal won 7-1 against Lombus and is now on the second place of the table, fighting for the title with 7 points on 3 games. Women's Soccer A convincing 6-0 victory against Boavista. The advantage of 5 points remains at the top of the league alliance. Next game against Zumion Freires, where the goal is victory taking another step towards the B Championship. Table 10. The victorious saga of the team continues in the National Championship. After the reach of the semi-finals of the Champions League, the team continues to win. Winning against Toledo away for 4-0. 17 victories in 17 games. The last game of the regular phase is against Benfica already far from the title fight. In the semi-finals of the Champions qualifying playoff, Sporting will face Punta do Par. Goalball. After being crowned European champion, the goalball team won the national championship, becoming three-time national champion in the modality. Great made for these athletes who remain 100% victorious since they embraced this project. Bishop, the team summoned following Liga Marvilla AFL after a 9-1 victory over Sturil. The sporting team won 6-3 against the House of Benfica Lodge. Promising starts of season, of season with reinforcement Jordan back to the sporting team in an outstanding plan. Pistol shooting. João Costa won the bronze medal of shooting at 10 meters on the European Cup in Giari, Hungary, which was a really great achievement. Judo. Jorge Fonseca won a bronze medal in the Great Slam of Dusseldorf in the category of less than 100 kilograms. And Henri Engutize <laughs> was fifth in the category of less than 81 kilograms. And that's all uh, about our modalities this week. Thank you very much for following us. And I hope you all have a perfect week. So this is the All right. Thank you, Bruno. Uh, I apologize if I messed up in the beginning. I don't know if I had that muted for a little bit. Uh, did you guys hear everything okay, more or less? Yeah, for the most part. But I think it was a little bit muted in the beginning. But all good. I can play the first, I think it was only the first 30 seconds. Should I play the first 30 seconds real quick again? No. That's We're good. Fine, bro. I mean, it's All right. I thought, I, thought, I thought you fell asleep. No, I think, <laughs> I think as I was putting it to the microphone, I might have clicked the mute button by accident. Um, 
That's cool. Anyways, I think I noticed it quick time. Uh, anything else to add, Bruno, Steph? Anything at all? Uh, Steph, go ahead. Go ahead first if you got anything to say. I just want uh, to uh, to say thank you to Juan Castro for giving us the opportunity to be part of such a big project uh, as uh, Sporting 160. And now we together with Sporting 160 EN. Uh, it's a huge deal for me. Uh, it's taking us to a different level. Uh, we're just going to get better and better. We'll have, uh, we'll, we have uh, lined up a, a few guests uh, as we speak, and we'll, we'll announce it to, uh, to our followers, our fans. Uh, so you can expect uh, much better shows, better quality. Um, it's going to be amazing. Uh, just stick with us. You won't regret it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, try to get uh, more and more guests into the show, special guests, uh, ex players, ex coaches, uh, commentators that speak know, know about sporting. Um, so I'm excited. The whole team is excited. We have a great team put together. So expect great things from Sporting 160 EN, and we working in conjunction with Sporting 160 from Portugal. They're giving us ideas, suggestions. And uh, once again, thank you to João Zé Pedro uh, for this great, great opportunity. And um, I hope we win Friday. That's uh, uh, my, my greatest love, Sporting Portugal. Please win on Friday. I'm going to be taking uh, vacation time to watch the game, which is worth it. I'm going to be on Navy time, actually. So... I already spoke to my commanding officer. He's going to give me a couple hours to watch uh, Sporting, and uh, that's all I got. I got to say, even we, if we win at uh, with a very, 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 very late goal, I don't care. I just want to win. That's it. Bruno. Yeah, man. Um, so a big, big, big thank you um, to Sporting uh, 160. Uh, fico muito orgulho. Um, é uma coisa fantástica. So. Thank you guys so much. Um, and to our listeners here, especially, you know, the younger generation that, you know, probably don't know Portuguese as well. Um, I strong, I very strongly suggest that you guys listen to them um, because they're great. I, I've, I've been catching up on a few episodes that I've missed um, and I've learned so much from these guys. Um, and it's also helping my Portuguese. Um, there's a couple of times, you know, where I have to rewind because, you know, Portuguese people talk fast. So. But other than that, man, they, they do a fantastic job. And um, I'm just happy uh, to be a part of this team. Um, and like Steph said, man, th this show is going to be lit. Uh, yeah, I'm going to use the word lit because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. And I'm just truly excited uh, for this journey, guys. And I'm glad to be here with you guys. So thank you. Yeah, and I'll, I'll close it off with the same sentiments. Uh, Sporting 160. Muito obrigado. Uh, this is, you know, as, as Bruno said, as, as, uh, as somebody that, you know, who, who grew up learning Portuguese and not necessarily speaking Portuguese, your podcast gives us uh, an insight to, to Sporting One that we, we don't get because we're not in Portugal. But two, it also gives us the ability to sort of practice the, the, the language that, that we love, that, the, the culture that we're proud of. And, and through your podcast, it, it, it helps us with that. So, João, Zé, Pedro, muito obrigado. 
Um, hopefully we'll make you proud and, and with this Sporting 60 yen in English. And to all our other listeners, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for getting us this far. Thank you for week in, week out, tweeting us, retweeting us, liking our tweets, uh, listening to the podcast, sending in questions. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, we do this all for you. And, um, and yeah, and, and Forza Sporting, em cima deles no dragão. E o Sporting é o nosso grande amor. What's up? Really fast, one, one last thing. I don't know if uh, people have realized. It's five of us, and uh, we we from four different countries. Yeah, mm. awesome. We from, yeah, me and Danny, and we don't even know each other. We just split. <laughs> it's beautiful, <laughs> yeah, and we're we a family now. Too. We're a family. I love yeah. it. We are. And it's we the, it's the... To, to put the podcast together. So me and, uh, and Bruno, we're from the U.S., and then uh, Danny... He's from uh, Canada. And then uh, Bruno Brito, Leon Interno, is from Portugal. He's, a, he's our expert in the modalities, and he goes watch the games with Zalvalad. And he's that's why man. we invited him. Yeah, he, he's got a lot of knowledge. He's really, mm -hmm. really, really into depth, in detail about supporting everything, modalidades, everything. And he's a great guy. And uh, we have Sam from the UK. So it's five guys from four different countries, never met each other. But we have one thing in common. We love our Sporting Club Portugal. And that's exactly. why we're doing this. We're not doing this for financial gain because we're not there isn't making any money on this. We're doing this because of the Paixão e o Moro Club. Viva yep. o Sporting Club de Portugal. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. And with that being said, we end the Sporting 160 EN podcast number one. We hope you join us on Friday or Saturday. The date's not exactly, or even possibly Monday, the date's not exactly finalized. But for the next podcast, we'll be bringing you everything that happened in the Porto game. And uh, viva Sporting Clube Portugal! Viva! Have a